This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. A distressing report out today showing that Zoomers over 45 are the fastest growing group of food bank users in the city, making up 35% of those who rely on free food hampers. This according to a new report from the Daily Bread Food Bank. And that's a big increase because a decade ago, older adults made up only about a quarter of food bank users. The good news is the opposite has happened for children under 18. They used to represent 34% of food bank clients back in 2006, and that number has fallen to under 30%. That's good. But according to the authors of the report, those numbers highlight that while we've seen a big improvement in income support for children, there's been very little done for a large cohort of older adults, especially single people who've lost their jobs after the recession and are having a difficult time re-entering the labor market. We want to hear from you. Maybe you're in this position. Maybe you're on the edge. Maybe you have friends or loved ones who are in this position. Uh, and what do you think? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me now, Gail Nyberg, Executive Director of the Daily Bread Food Bank, Hello, Gail. Hello, Libby. And Wanda Morris, the VP of Advocacy for CARP. Hi, Wanda. Hi there, Libby. Okay, so Gail, um, first of all, were you surprised with these numbers? Well, we've been we've been seeing this trend move up over the last few years, but I think to actually see it on paper, I, I think I was pretty shocked to realize how how much it had grown and uh, how significant it was. Uh, how many of them were single? Because you know, if there are two people in a household, it's easier to manage. When you live on your own and you're without a job, not so good. Okay, so it's single people, and I think um, the the men uh, seem to run into trouble at an earlier age, am I right? Yes, uh, there are more men in the 45 to 60. Women start to show up at, o- o- over 60. And, and why is that? Because we generally see that, um, uh, you know, 
women, older women are uh, often, you know, have uh, money problems, poverty problems. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, I think if you look at the, the Canadian econ- economy and what kind of jobs that have been created in the last 10 years, and especially after the recession, they're much more uh, in the you know customer service, uh, restaurant industry, and the women are geared to those jobs. Many of the men who lost jobs, lost jobs in the manufacturing sector or in the high-tech sector, and uh, they're they're having a hard time changing, uh, change you know changing careers. And you know if you're if you're uh, someone who'd worked in the manufacturing sector, maybe working at the drive-through at Tim Hortons isn't <laughs> isn't in your in your skill set. Okay, uh, Wanda, are you surprised by this? Actually, this uh, really reinforces what we've seen and heard anecdotally from um, so many uh, folks in the sort of younger edge, younger age range. Uh, often, somebody you know in their late forties, fifties, early sixties will find that they've they've lost a job for for whatever reason and have a lot of difficulty getting another position at that same level of pay, even though they have tremendous skills and experience to offer in the workplace. It's one of the reasons why CARP fights so hard against age discrimination in hiring. We've managed to to get rid of the mandatory retirement at 65, but we're still hearing very much that older workers are are feeling discriminated against in the workplace. Uh, Gail, is that a common complaint among food bank users that that part of the reason they have such a hard time reentering the workforce is ageism? Yeah, many many of the uh, the the newer clients have have cited ageism and difficulty changing careers as the two main reasons. Uh huh. Wanda, you mentioned the same pay level. Is, is there a reluctance to take less pay uh, when people are reentering the force? Is that is that part of the problem? I, I think the the challenge is people know that they have certain skills to offer and they, they're aware of the you know incredible potential they have. And for people at the top end, often they can transition from being employees to consultants and that works fairly well. But it's those more middle level managers that can really struggle. I, I mean, I, I think many of them do end up taking positions at lower pay. But, you know, as uh, are, are, are there um, correspondent was saying, when you go from having a, you know, a $70,000 job to working at Tim Hortons, it's just really hard to make the dollar stretch. Yeah, yeah, it it can be uh, difficult. Um, one of the things that struck me in your report, Gail, the, the food bank users now are more educated. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that, uh, that we noticed that the levels of, of, of education, there's a, I'm, I'm looking for the exact one. How many? Uh, how many? I think it's over thirty percent of of the food bank users have a university degree. Wow, oh, that is to me shocking. Here we here we go. Uh, so in in two thousand and six, we had uh, uh, college diplomas or bachelors nineteen percent, and now it is thirty percent. My goodness. Wow. And 3% in master's or PhD, and now it's 6%. My goodness. And and um, did you have any breakdown about what type of it was? Were people with a scientific background the same as people with an arts background? or No, we didn't break it down to the, to the type of degree. Uh, Wanda, what, what do you make of that? 
You know, I, I'm thinking about the situation that we see so often with caregivers in the workplace, where you have these, you know, often highly educated individuals with, with good jobs that end up hitting, you know, they have a spouse or perhaps a parent that needs some caregiving. They lose their position. They're, we don't really have great um, job protection for them. And I think it could be individuals like that who then find themselves out of the workplace and, you know, particularly if they're older, that double whammy of, of not having the job when you're looking for a job and then being older, really making it hard for them to get reemployed. Uh-huh. Um, there's also an issue of disability, apparently. Gail, can you tell us about that? Yes. In 2006, the number of people in who, who identified as, as having a disability of some time was about 49%. It's now in 2016, 59%. So we're seeing an increase there as well. And when you say a, a disability, is it, you know, somebody gets injured or, or how does that break down? Um, I, we heard this morning from a woman who uh, uses the food bank who says that, you know, when all of this kind of came cascading on her, she spiraled into a depression. So is, is, is that a lot of the disability as well? It's a range of disabilities, as, you know, from something as uh, hearing loss to uh, depression to uh, a physical disability, a bad back. All of those kinds of things happen to us as we age, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Wanda? You know, and I'm just thinking exactly the same thing. I know we talked to, to many people whose retirement plans are really sent askew because they were planning to work until 65 and then suddenly through some sort of disability or injury or, or health scare, they're unable to do so. And I guess in the worst case, those people are ending up at the food banks. Yeah. And it's the transitioning. You know, if you're making, uh, I would say, if you're making sixty, seventy thousand dollars in a, in a physically labor-intensive job, and you have to stop, necessi- not necessarily the skills you have are very good to customer service. They don't transition well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for people who do uh, or have skills that can transition. Uh, do you find they're able to get those other jobs? Or again, is it a problem if you lose your job? I mean, I, I know uh, even at, at higher levels, you know, often, I hate to say it, but but uh, people in that age group uh, lose their jobs uh, partly because they're making the most money. Uh, it's, if, if anybody has to trim, like they'll get the biggest trim there, and, and then it's difficult when you're older. Yeah. Well, we don't see as many of the success stories because quite often when someone stops coming to the food bank, we don't know why. But what we do know is that people are losing, are using food banks longer than they used to. It used to be that people were here in six months or something. Now we're seeing people use food banks for one year, two years and longer. So, uh, so that group, no, they're not getting jobs. The group that have, we, we really don't know about it. I, I remember uh, being involved uh, with the food bank a long time ago when the theory was still that the food bank wanted to close itself down (laughs) and that's not happening. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly the theory and it's exactly what we would like to do, but it becomes more and more difficult. But I I mean, I want to say we've seen some, some improvement with the children. Mm -hmm. If, if government, if all levels of government get serious uh, about poverty reduction and say, you know, a whole suite of things like housing benefits and investigating different types of form of in uh, of income we may well uh, uh, make some improvement there 
Okay, uh, I just want to give the numbers out again and uh, again asking our listeners uh, to weigh in with their thoughts and, and with their stories. Do you know people who have had to resort to a food bank? Has it happened to you? Do you feel like you're on the edge of that? What do you think of this? I mean, stunning, you know, we, we were all brought up to think that you get a good education and that's going to keep you for life. And, and we were hearing these crazy numbers of large numbers of people with uh, college and university degrees having to resort to a food bank. It's it's shocking and it's shameful. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, I'm here with Gail Nyberg, Executive Director of the Daily Bread Food Bank, and Wanda Morris, the VP of Advocacy for CARP. And um, we've just heard about how there have been improvements. So the number of children who need to rely on food banks has dropped, but uh, a corresponding increase in older people. And Wanda, what are the kinds of things that CARP is advocating for that that you believe would remedy this situation? Well, you know, unfortunately, Libby, there's not any kind of instant solutions, but we're certainly looking at a number of things. Protection for for aging workers is is certainly one. the reforms that we are uh, fighting for in the area of retirement security investor protection will help people keep their assets up uh, and the the reforms to the Canada Pension Plan to the extent that people are are required to retire early they will at least get some benefits uh, in that regard uh, to the extent that people face unexpected health costs I mean we think you know in Canada we have public health care everything's taken care of in fact a lot of health care costs fall to individual families uh, so CARP is, is also fighting to support caregivers. Well, well, yeah, a lot of costs do. And not to mention the biggest cost is if you're sick and you can't work, then where is the money coming from? And there, um, depending on where you work, uh, there's the question of what kind of disability benefits you're eligible for or anything like that. But, you know, having a serious illness really can knock everything off in terms of, uh, you know, financially. You know, absolutely. And and so many of our members who talk about the fact that they're struggling in retirement, so very often it was because of an unplanned uh, illness or injury disease that required them to retire early. Uh, Gail, if you had to put your finger on, you know, a few of the main uh, supports that you would like to see, what would they be? Well, I think we need to start with something around housing, whether it be more uh, more affordable housing, uh, housing benefits that's portable that moves, would be the 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 main one. We know in in this city and many large cities that it is the cost of housing that's driving people to have to use food banks because after their their uh, you know disability pension or their EI or no matter what they're getting they can't afford their housing. So that would be our number one call. And I think it's it's not just one thing. It's a whole bunch of things. It's, it's uh, you know, not when people, you know, think, uh, oh, a guaranteed income is great, but a guaranteed income where they rip all the other supports and then just give you an inadequate in- income won't work. It has to be a whole suite of things. Mm-hmm. Wanda, your comment on that? Uh, you know, it's interesting. We haven't um, polled our CART members on guaranteed income. We'll, we'll have to do so. But certainly the idea of affordable housing and, and housing uh, in, in a way that allows people to live in communities and age-friendly communities uh, with people of shared values, I think, is critical. Uh, 
Gail, you saw uh, uh, differences between food bank use, among food bank use in uh, Toronto and in the what's called the near suburbs. Just give us, uh, give us a brief us on that, please. Okay. Well, what we've seen over the last 10 years is a very interesting trend. Uh, we've seen food bank use in the downtown core uh, decrease by... 16%. And on on the face of it that sounds like a great news pro, like a great news story. But what we've seen happen in Etobicoke, North York and Scarborough, what we call the inner suburbs, we've seen that food bank use increase by 48%. So it really isn't a good news story. And and housing is what's caused it for the most part is that people who are low income can't live in the downtown core. Gentrification has has changed that for them. The the problem, or the the really concern for us, is 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 twofold. First of all, the infrastructure to help people doesn't exist in those areas, and the space. Like we've just opened two new food banks in uh, in Scarborough, but it was like pulling teeth to find the space and the people to to be able to run it, because uh, we've always had the space earmark downtown. So it's uh, there's some fairly interesting trends in uh, happening in poverty and and I would suggest to my friends in the GTA in the Mississaugas, York region and Durham that uh their numbers could potentially explode going forward too because I I believe that low income is going to move even further away from Toronto. Okay, ladies, hold on. We have to take a quick break. Before we go, I'm going to give the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we are talking with Gail Nyberg, Executive Director of the Daily Food Bank, and Wanda Morris, the VP of Advocacy for CARP. We're talking about a very distressing report that shows that the fastest growing group of food bank users are Zoomers over 45 and Zoomers out there. We would like to hear from you on what you make of that. We'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Wanda Morris, VP Advocacy for CARP, and Gail Nyberg, the Executive Director of the Daily Bread Food Bank. And we're talking about a distressing report that shows that the largest growing segment of food bank users in Toronto are Zoomers over the age of 45. A lot of them are really well educated, and it is a growing problem. Let's go right to the phones. We've got Lily in Toronto. Hello, Lily. Hello, uh, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, for to qualify for the free food at the food bank, what proof is uh, is necessary to provide to to the food bank? When people come to the food bank, they're interviewed, and we talk about what their circumstances are, and you know how much income they make, and. Uh, uh, no one shows up at a food bank, or, or very few show up at a food bank because they don't need help. But yeah, we talk about their circumstances, what their bills are, what their rent is, and what their circum- the, the, their entire circumstance. Lily, do you require documentation like an income tax? No, we don't. Well, then how do you know the people really need it? Well, 
I guess I would say, I say this to people anytime anybody says that to me. Would you line up in front of a church with a whole bunch of other people to get, uh, uh, you know, a jar of peanut butter, two things of uh, can of soup, maybe some uh, carrots, a few potatoes? Most wouldn't. Um, well, I hate to disagree with you. That's not true. Well, I, really? I, my experience and the people I know, that's not true. Okay. Well, I beg to differ, but I, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. It's been I've been doing this now for 11 years. I talk to people who use food banks every day. I know that I know their need. Okay, Lily, thanks for your call. Um, I would think that, uh, and this is something that we want to bring up, that that it's hard for people to go to a food bank because there's some shame involved. Well, certainly there is a stigma, and I and I need to tell you that we do every everything possible to to reduce that but if you are a single mother and you're standing in line and ask and and admitting to a a volunteer in a church basement that you can't feed your children i have to tell you that comes with a stigma now we do our best to to alleviate that and I, i think after people have come to a daily bread member agency they realize that we're here to help and we're we're not here to judge but you're so right. I mean, there is a stigma involved. Uh, Wanda, um, what do you see? You know, I am thinking back to, to when I was in Vancouver and worked with a, a food bank there. And, and I remember the, the um, agency telling me that you'd be surprised at the people who need to use food banks. Uh, there was one fellow who came and talked and he was a, was a carpenter who'd broken his back and mm-hmm. was unable to work. But a, a professional, he'd always, you know, he had a home, he looked after his family and suddenly he was unable to, to cope anymore. And, and they talked about, you know, as, as we have other professionals who have lost their jobs. So I think maybe the perception might be that these people shouldn't need food banks, but certainly the reality that, that we've heard is that uh, is that people are, are in dire straits. Often, uh, I mean, people putting empty boxes in their cupboards to try to fool their <laughs> kids or, or neighbors into thinking that they have things when, when really their, their predicaments are, are dire. You know, uh, and I, I know Lily believes that there's this, you know, and, and others do, that there's this massive abuse. For for 10 years, we had people do exactly what, you know, bring in T4s, bring in uh, uh, pay stubs if they were working uh, part-time, bring in, in checks. And we found out that very few, I mean, such a minute few w- wouldn't qualify that we said, why are we putting people through this? That's just another stigma. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, uh, I would think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find uh, that, again, with you mentioned the people who are educated, is it harder for them? Uh, you know what? I, I think I would suggest it's harder for, for the, the ones in, in the older demographic, the Zoomer demographic. You know, we were brought up, most of us who, I'm, I'm 63 myself, I was brought up, you know, that I had to look after myself and I never had to ask for help and, and you know, pull up your bootstraps. So for the older demographic, it is hard. And I suspect if, you, if you're walking around with a university degree in your pocket, it may make it doubly hard. Okay. Uh, that is all the time we have for this very important topic. Uh, Wanda, I'll give you the last 20 seconds before we have to switch gears. You know, Libya, whether it's food, whether it's appropriate housing, whether it's proper medical care, we really need to look after all our Canadians so that everyone can live with dignity no matter what their age.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.